This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my amazing and talented co-host and producer Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? How are you doing today? I am free-sational. Free-sational? Yes. I like it. What is it? Sensationally free. I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. Free. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I love it. Thank I love you. it. You look free. I do feel Rocking free. Rocking the, what is that? Is that fuchsia? It might be. It's just bright. <laughs> is that fuchsia? <laughs> I just went for the bright. I remember when I was in elementary school, I had some fuchsia mm-hmm. shorts. Did you really? I did. Oh, see. I, yeah, I pulled it off though, apparently. You were confident in your early you gotta days. You got to be confident to wear something <laughs> like that. Anyways, guys, we've got a fantastic show for yes, you today. We do. I yes, mean, we do. my goodness, we're talking about something that's really at the heart of our health, you know, in, in a system that's often referred to as the second brain, mm-hmm. which is your gut. Ah. Okay. So we're talking about the gastrointestinal system. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's so much action going on here mm-hmm. from serotonin production, right? Your immune system and on and on and on. And it's not called the second brain for no reason. Mm-hmm. Is that then a double negative? reason? <laughs> <laughs> It's because there's something called the vagus nerve. And what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas, <laughs> yeah. right? And this is going from your directly to your brain from your gut. And this nerve, come to find out, 90% of the information is going from your gut to your brain, not the other way. Is that right? right? So your gut is telling your brain what to do. And you guys know about that too when you're eating that haagen whatever, triple right. cream, smoke a latte, whatever it well, is. Well, that's where brain you bypasses. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just an amazing world because we're talking about how things outside of us become us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a great and amazing process, but also there are a lot of things that can get messed up. And that's what we want to talk about today, how to fix your digestion. Love it. We've got a fantastic guest on, but first let's give a huge shout out to our show sponsor, onit.com. Woo-hoo. Head over to onnit.com forward slash model and you're going to get 10% off all of your human health and performance supplements. Everything you need. Huge fans of the Hemp Force Protein, the most bio- bioavailable protein for the human body might be hemp. Guys, Edestin, mm-hmm. albumin, soft mm-hmm. globular proteins. Uh, also, they're going to have some because there's some whole seeds in there and also chia and all that good stuff. Well, for some people... You know, according to our guests, maybe chia might not be so good. Really? But the omega-3 fatty acids that are going to be found in there. So there's some good whole fats that are in there, unprocessed, mm-hmm. and just really, and it tastes good. Don't it forget is. about that. It's fabulous. You know, we also, had some this morning. Daily. Mm-hmm. I put that in my kid's smoothie this That's morning. That's what we had this you morning, know? yeah. So I'm a huge fan of the Hemp Force Protein, but also Shroom Tech, Shroom Tech Sport, their fitness gear, <laughs> and the apparel, so the battle ropes, the kettlebells, the primal bells. Yes. You know, all that cool stuff. Head over and check them out. They're supporting the show, so please support them as well yeah. and support your health. That's right. com forward slash model for 10% off. Now let's get into the iTunes review of the week. Go get it. This one says it's effectertaining from the good game champ. Amazing show, exclamation point. It is one of the only shows I subscribe to. Sean and Jade are a great combination. They have an amazing energy that helps to communicate powerful information in an effective and entertaining manner. Effectertaining. The Model Health Show covers a large variety of topics, yet I feel every episode is relevant to improving my life. 
This show keeps me adding new ways to improve my health and it keeps me motivated to apply those new thoughts. Please keep up the good work. Yes. Thank you. I will do for sure. Thank you so much. Everybody, thank you so much for leaving these reviews on iTunes. Wow, I really appreciate that. That that made my day a little bit better, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, and very nice uh, wordsmithing there. So now let's go ahead and get into our topic of the day and our special guest, mm-hmm. today's guest, and I'm going to read her bio. I rarely do this, right. but there's a lot here. She's okay. president of some stuff, right? <laughs> so uh, Dr. Jillian Tita is our guest today, and she's the author of Natural Solutions for Digestive Health, one of my favorite books Okay, I refer back to. Uh, she is the creator of the Fix Your Digestion Gut Restoration Program, an online do-it-yourself comprehensive system that can be used by anyone with digestive distress or digestive, digestive disorders to help themselves to feel better. She blogs at uh, fixyourdigestion.com on all gut-related things. She's also a contributor to Huffington Post, and she's been on several publications, including On Fitness, Dr. Oz Online, uh, she received her doctorate in naturopathic medicine from Bastyr University and received her bachelor's and master's degree from Boston University in biology and energy and environmental analysis. Woo. And Dr. Tita is the president of the North Carolina Association of Naturopathic Physicians and practices at the Naturopathic Health Clinic of North Carolina in Winston-Salem, where she focuses primarily on digestive health. Mm-hmm. And she enjoys cooking, reading, and walking in the woods with Keone, her husband, hey, and their dogs. And she loves connecting on social media as well. You can check her out. We'll put all the links to For get sure. in touch with her. But I want to welcome she her to the her Model Health Show. How you doing today, yes. Dr. Tita? How you doing, Jillian? Thank you guys so much for having me on here. It you. is totally our pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. And so, of course, I know a lot about your book, but I don't know too much about you. Just share a little bit. I know you've done so much and going to... Uh, Boston, then getting your doctorate degree from Bastyr. What got you interested in health in the first place? Oh, that's such a long story. And there's so many reasons for that, Sean. But I think the best way for me to put it is I've always been called to serve and to help others. And so in this way, by supporting people's ultimate health, rather than just like masking symptoms or like, you know, prescribing lots of different medications, when we can make the body feel better in a sustainable way, then that frees people up to you know, pursue their passions in life. So that's really what I'm interested in. Wow. I love that because, and as you know, that that's not the common thing that you would hear in the medical profession right now, you know, and (laughs) this is why I love talking to individuals like yourself, because you have that perspective of being in it around kind of conventional medicine, but also looking uh, at the bigger picture, you know? And so what then led you to really digging in deep and studying digestion? It's funny. That's a great question. It it actually wasn't my choice at all. It was sort of who began to show up at my clinic. So when I started practicing about eight years ago, I began sitting with people and some common themes began to emerge. Namely, everybody or not everybody, a lot of people was having all of these digestive complaints. They were having reflux, they were constipated, they were bloated, they were very gassy. And so by using some of the principles that we're going to talk about today, looking at nutrition, looking at our ability to actually digest our food, looking at the health of the microbiome and the health of the nervous system in the brain and the lining of the gastrointestinal tract, pulling all of these things together, I began to get really great results for people. So after that, it grew and then I got online and I started the blog. And then from my blog, I started 
I got on Facebook. I started a Facebook page. I started my Twitter. I started Instagram. I got a book deal. And then from there, that's where I've sort of sort of catapulted from and landing here today. Awesome. It's a great story. And also, so she's one of the physicians, too, who went from just clinical practice to really connecting on social media and writing books. And this book is really helpful in particular. And... You know, what I heard was this wasn't like just the thing like I'm going to be focused on the gut every day. Gut. Everything is guts. (laughs) But it was a necessity. It was something Mm -hmm. that you saw was approaching you and you saw it as a big issue. But I think that a lot of us don't really think about because it's just kind of like we grab some stuff and we throw it in our mouth and we don't really know what happens from there. Right. So can you take us through? Exactly. Can you take us through a little bit of a rudimentary understanding of the process of that food going in our mouth to coming out the other side, potentially, (laughs) hopefully. So I often say that the digestive tract is like the foundation of the body because it's connected to every other system Mm. through food. And so not only are we having to be concerned with the types of foods that we are eating, right? It's not just like we eat something and it pops out the other end. Many things have to happen in between. That food has to be mechanically broken down. It also has to be biochemically broken down, right? So all of our macronutrients, they have to be broken down into their constituent little building block particles. So your carbohydrates your proteins, your fats, these become starches and amino acids and fatty acids. Then once we mechanically and biomechanically cleave them, we can absorb some of them through the lining of the small intestine. And then others need more modification or more digestion. And our microbiome, which is that colony of beneficial bacteria that lives in the large intestine, that that takes care of that. Then those guys live in the large intestine. The large intestine absorbs out water from our stool. And then hopefully if all goes well, we have a nice regular bowel movement every day. (laughs) (laughs) So there's obviously a lot there and I know you can break down different parts of the process. Let's kind of dive in a little bit deeper on some of the the pieces because from my perspective and seeing so many uh, wonderful stories over the years, digestion even starts before we even start eating. Mm-hmm. Right. Just even the thought of food elicits certain things. Mm-hmm. But then the big kind of first proactive part of digestion is what's going on in the mouth. So can you talk a yes. little bit about that? Yeah, that's great. Actually, the very like one of the first sentences in my book is, you know, digestion starts with a thought in the brain. Mm. And what is going on here? So when we're about to sit down for dinner, we know we're going to have it. We know we're going to have something to eat. The brain releases several hormonal signals to the gastrointestinal tract, essentially saying, like, let's get ready. So at, at that point, what's going on is your body is beginning to make digestive enzymes and your stomach is readying itself for the incoming meal. So this also speaks to, you're mentioning the second brain. The second brain is this enormous plexus of nerves that is in the entire gastrointestinal tract from the esophagus all the way down to the anus. And by digestion beginning before we even start to eat, Mm. that's where it's starting is it's starting at that second brain level. Wow. Yeah. So fascinating. And then in the mouth itself, because Mm -hmm. let's real talk. 
I've yep. seen it. You know, a lot of people are just like woofing down their food. Not mm-hmm. not woofing, woofing yes. down their food, you know. So <laughs> yeah. let's talk a little bit about that. So I'm glad you kind of brought me back to subjects. So chewing our food mm. is hugely important. One, because it helps with mechanical digestion. So our teeth are actually crushing and grinding food, which puts less mechanical and biochemical stress on the stomach further down. Also, in the saliva, we do have some digestive enzymes, mostly amylase, which breaks carbohydrate, but you are starting to pre-digest. The other thing that goes on when you actually take the time to chew your food is by putting less stress on the stomach to mechanically and biochemically break down your food, you're reducing your risk for gas and bloating later. And you're also reducing your risk for having your gut bacteria highly ferment those foods, right? And creating problematic gas later. The other thing that you're doing is you are balancing or up your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest branch of the nervous system that helps you digest more optimally. So helps you fully break down your food, helps keep motility nice and regulated, Wow. I just heard something that I haven't thought about before, which is you're eliciting your parasympathetic slash rest and digest system by you actually being there and chewing your food. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it makes complete sense. It so is. powerful. It's funny. One of the most common pieces of advice that I give to people, particularly with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, is the fact that they have to sit down when they eat. They have to chew their food. They have to put their fork down in between bites and you got to mind your manners and not talk with your mouth full of food. All of those things help balance that second brain and help you break down your food better. And again, it puts less stress on your system further down. But Dr. Tita, I just saw somebody the other day eating a box of rice while yeah. driving. You know, they were driving <laughs> and eating a box of rice and they were on their phone. Okay, so uh, this is like really counterculture to actually mm-hmm. sit down and do this basic stuff, but it works. And mm-hmm. I like to say, and I love the saying that um, your stomach doesn't have any teeth. Right. You know, right. so that job mm-hmm. needs to be done in your mouth. And also there's another important facet there of, you know, when you're getting a DNA test done, I don't know who's had one done out there. Mm-hmm. Many, you know, uh, stray kids, you are, you are not the yeah. father, you know, but the DNA, they're taking a swab from inside your mouth. So when you're chewing your food, you're encoding it, you're mixing it with your DNA and your RNA, your own genetic information. <laughs> so it becomes familiar with you because the troops are already gotten ready for this. You know, I really think that that's a, that. a small player, Analogy. but there's, I know more information is going to come out about that. I know it's a player in autoimmunity, you know, because mm-hmm. getting your food familiar with who you are so that it mm-hmm. can recognize self from other once it moves the process. So the next part of the process uh, drops down your esophagus and into the stomach. So mm-hmm. in the stomach, can you share a little bit about what's going on there? I mean, my son even asked me the other day, he's like, so is your stomach the size of your fist or, you know, so is it relatively small or? It's pretty small, probably like two fists when it's mm-hmm. empty, you know, it's a little sack. It can hold about two liters of, well, up to, well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go, yep. Couple liters, let's just say it can <laughs> hold a couple liters. It can go more, it can go up to yeah. six, probably in some larger, taller adult. And especially 
competitive eaters. If you've seen that stuff, throwing down the hot dogs <laughs> exactly. or pies. But go ahead. <laughs> Have you guys seen that little black widow, that tiny little Asian lady that like puts all these guys to shame? I have seen. It's <laughs> She's crazy. Ridiculous. It's crazy. She's like got a black hole inside of her. You yeah. know, it's just more like, like the black hole. That's a much better, that's a much better name. <laughs> Where, for her. No way. <laughs> uh, this is just mind-blowing stuff. We've got so much more to come, everybody. Sit tight. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. I hope you're enjoying today's show. I want to take a quick break and let you know about something that I'm really loving right now. If you're anything like me, you care a lot about the food that you're putting into your body. What's the problem, though? Good food can be extremely expensive, but it doesn't have to be. Thrive Market is like Costco for everything healthy. An online shopping club offering the best brands and groceries at literally 25 to 50% off retail prices, shipped nationally for free. I'm just blown away by the fact that some of my favorite products, even the toothpaste that I use, I've been paying twice as much for, I get now at Thrive Market for half of the price, and it's just blowing me away. Even my favorite almond butter. You know, there's so many great things that these guys have access to. One of the best parts, you can easily filter everything by your preference. Paleo, gluten-free, vegan, raw, non-GMO, and dozens of other categories. The second best part is that for every paid membership Thrive sells, they give one away to a low-income family, be that a public school teacher or a veteran as well. So go to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health, and you're going to get a free two-month trial and 15% off of your first order. When you sign up for the membership, it's literally just $59.95 a year, which is only $5 a month. But again, you get two months for free to try this out, and I know you're going to be hooked because I am. And don't forget, for every paying member, Thrive gives away a free membership to a low-income family veteran or teacher, which is really powerful because it helps to get the playing field leveled for everybody who also wants to be healthy. So never pay full price again for healthy food. Go to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health to start your free two-month trial and get 15% off your first order. You have zero to lose and everything to gain. So check it out, thrivemarket.com forward slash model health for your special free trial offer. All right, we're back. Let's go ahead and get into a little bit more of what you're telling me before the break. So about the stomach, what I was going to say is with the stomach, it's all about like our mighty stomach acid. Mm. And stomach acid is extremely important and it's very energetically expensive for the body to make. And it's so expensive for the body to make because the pH of it is about a one or a two. Wow. And the pH of the rest of our body, generally speaking, is about a seven. So there's a real disparity there. However, stomach acid is key on three levels. One, it's actually part of our immune system. It helps kill any bacteria or bad guys that we might be ingesting. Two, it actually helps keep the rest of the gastrointestinal system at an optimal pH. So we're less likely to get things like bacterial overgrowth or yeast overgrowth or parasitic overgrowth, or even dysbiosis, which is just like an imbalance of good guys and bad guys that live in that microbe. And then lastly, your stomach acid is your best, best tool for breaking down those difficult to digest, difficult to break down proteins. So proteins are the most difficult macronutrient to digest, and they dissolve readily in the, the bath of stomach acid. Mm, wow. The stomach acid is, is super important <laughs> stuff. So it is. I do have a question that I'm not really clear on the 
when you say that it's more costly to make when the pH is lower at a one to two. Can you mm -hmm. clarify that for us? So meaning if the rest of our bodies operate at a pH of seven, mm -hmm. that means that the cells that line our stomach that are making the stomach acid, they have to overcome this sort of large pH gap, mm -hmm. right? So that we see as people begin to get older, stomach acid production actually decreases, Unfortunately, we're taught, you know, it's just in our culture, like, oh, you have reflux, you have too much stomach acid, let's give you an acid blocker. While acid blockers are very good in the short term at managing symptoms, they actually can worsen overall the reasons for why we have yeah, reflux yeah, and then sense. strongly, strongly impede our digestive ability. Mm -hmm. Right. The indigestion isn't what we commonly link it to in our kind of twisted thinking is that there's too much acid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. There's too right. much. We so that. we take that. Yeah. You know, yeah. right. And oftentimes oh, it could be indigestion acid. from mm -hmm. not enough, you know, and this probably exacerbates the problem by taking antacids and Beano or whatever else right. people are taking. You well, know? it sounds like our body's trying to get that pH imbalance is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> and so one of the things that really comes to mind when you just describe that stuff is frontline against like parasitic conditions, mm -hmm. you know, rogue bacteria getting into your body. That's so powerful. Mm hmm. It really is. The issue with indigestion and reflux, something that's very important to know, is it's not a matter of too much acid. It's often a matter of acid in the wrong place at the wrong time because of issues, again, with that second brain, issues with that second brain where that trap door that's at the bottom of our esophagus that's called a lower esophageal sphincter, that can lose its tone and open when it's not supposed to then we can get reflux of whatever's in the stomach, including acid. So it feels like you have a lot of acid, but if we actually did studies of like the pH of people's stomachs, you'd find that probably they have a higher pH, meaning less desirable than is necessary, right? Mm -hmm. So it absolutely compounds the problem when then we take Tums or we take acid blockers. Now, taking digestive enzymes, something like Beano, that's a little bit different, but... I don't even know what Beano is, Dr. Tita. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. It just, it just sounds just, ridiculous. It's just an enzyme. It's yeah. just an enzyme that breaks down a single compound that's found in beans. We can do much better with digestive enzymes of than Beano. Of course. And we'll talk about that in a right. second. The next thing I want to ask you about is, you know, once we get into, you know, small intestine in particular and large intestine and, mm -hmm. you know, the quote, gut area. Now we're talking about our immune system where the majority of our immune system is hanging out. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the small intestine is like probably my, one of my favorite organs in the whole body. It's not very glamorous. It doesn't smell very good or anything like that. It's really amazing. So the small intestine, the major job of the small intestine is absorption. So if we uncoiled and unfolded the entire small intestine, including like all the little microscopic folds that are in there, it would represent a surface area of a tennis court. So it's huge. And the name of the game here is absorption. So when we have compromise to the small intestine or when there's permeation, ability or there's injury, absorption is highly, you know, important, obviously, for, you know, adequate nutrition. And when that's compromised, we can see things like anemia and low vitamin D and B12 
vitamin deficiency anemias and things like that. The other thing that's really amazing about the small intestine is that local to it in highly specialized tissue, that's called the GALT, which is the GALT-associated lymphoid tissue, or the MALT, the mucosal-associated lymphoid tissue, is the majority of our immune system. So isn't this interesting? You know, our bodies are so brilliant and engineered so perfectly because most of the pathogens that we are exposed to actually come through what we eat, our immune system is right there too. So two really important things there about the small intestine. Okay, so this is basically, it should be that way because this is really the imperial guard, you know, (laughs) the people right at the front of the situation to make sure that what's coming in is going to be advantageous to your health, you know? Yes. So they need to be front and center ready to take on that issue and or do the job that needs to be done, you know? So it just makes complete sense. You just pointed out that the majority of our immune system is located in our gut. So what about when we have autoimmune issues, you know, where the immune system isn't recognizing things properly? Can that be something that's due to our gut health? Yeah, the link between the small intestine in particular and autoimmune disease is definitely there. And I see it especially in autoimmune thyroid conditions, probably because thyroid is just so common anyway. But here's what happens, and I hope everyone stay with me a little bit. So our immune system, the job of the immune system is to find and kill anything that is not self, right? Anything that is not our own human cells, right? And we need it to. And it's absolutely brutal and singular in its approach. Autoimmune conditions occur when our immune system sort of forgets or loses what's called tolerization to our human cells. And then it begins to make antibodies to our own self, which is horrible. And then our hormones get out of whack and all kinds of things. So here's how that loss of tolerization can happen. Over months and years of either chronic stress, and I know chronic stress is like such a cop-out, but by that, I mean maybe over-dieting, over-training, under-sleeping, not any downtime, not being able to compensate for any of your stressors, eating foods that are inappropriate for your body or food that you're sensitive to, having dysbiosis or having some type of infectious agent in the small intestine or in the large intestine, all of these things can make the interface of the immune system and the food that we're eating, which is the small intestine, that's the interface, it can make that more permeable. The lining of the small intestine is supposed to have good integrity. The cells that line it stand shoulder to shoulder like a little roll of soldiers. They're so tightly bound that it's almost like a structure there, like a button. And when those little buttons become unbuttoned, that is called increased intestinal permeability. This means that the immune system, which lives right below that layer, has more access to the foods that you're eating. And so it can begin to make antibody to them. Then that's why we often see like autoimmune disease is often preceded by increased food sensitivity. I used to be able to eat that. Now I can't. Once we are beginning to make antibodies to food, there is a process called molecular mimicry. Biology is redundant. Proteins look similar. So say you are making antibody to gluten. Well, it's not that much of a stretch for your immune system, especially an irritated, overly provoked immune system because you've been spending months, you know, trashing your gut. It's not a large jump for then the immune system to make antibody against your own tissue. 
So when people come to me and they have Hashimoto's or they have Graves or they have some type of autoimmune condition, we are often doing a complete gut restoration program. And you would be amazed at how quickly, like within three to six months, we can get antibodies down Mm. and help with destruction of glands and things like that. And every case is different and it's all contextual and individual, but by approaching autoimmune disease through the gut, you can get people a lot of relief. Love great that. That's that a great hope. explanation. Yes. Yeah. That's There's so, so many like autoimmune diseases are mm-hmm. the hot thing. Like you mentioned the thyroid. It's so crazy. It's like, why is my body trying to do something to hurt me? But that's not the case. Our body is has this infinite intelligence to really do everything for your good. Mm-hmm. So there's something out of sorts with the communication. And she said it, you're a protein machine. Like your tissues are made of proteins and they're redundant. I think that was a word that you used, which is really great. Mm -hmm. But some of the tissues that make up your thyroid, you know, could look similar to something that your immune system was going after due to a food sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And so your body will go and start breaking that stuff down, you know, and it's something that, as you mentioned, you know, doing a protocol and changing things, you can really get some great results. And that's what I want to talk about next. So let's talk about, I mean, of course, you have a whole book on the topic, you know, you talk a lot about this stuff, but what are some of the things that we need to probably avoid uh, when it mm-hmm. comes to kind of creating this molecular mimicry slash damaging our gut integrity? So for autoimmune conditions, there are a few that you absolutely can avoid. The first is gluten. And gluten is that protein that's found in wheat and barley and rye. The work of uh, Dr. Alessio Fizzano, he's in Maryland. He's a celiac researcher. He researches celiac disease, but he has pretty definitively concluded that gluten is an issue for pretty much all autoimmune conditions, particularly thyroid. And there are a certain population of people, certain subset who also do better off of the nightshade family of vegetables, so that's white potato, that's tomato, that's bell pepper, that's eggplant. So nightshades can be problematic as well. Then that's about as general as I want to go. Some other individuals have other sensitivities, and I always encourage people to explore for themselves if they have unique food sensitivities. It could be to eggs, it could be to dairy, it could be to soy, it could be to corn, it could be to rice, it could be oats, it could be any number of things. And finding your own individual sensitivity is a huge, huge piece in getting to the root of not just digestive symptoms, but all, all symptoms and optimal wellness. Awesome. Now, Chris and I were really excited to have gotten a a scan, an ALCAT test to see what our sensitivity is. Once you realize what those things are, avoiding them can then reset that condition and mimicry in your system. Well, that's interesting. So I often say I don't live and die by those like the all cat tests, IgG tests. Um, And here's why. Because if you get it, so when I'm ordering one of these tests or I'm reading one of these tests, I'm looking for three things. One, I'm looking for one or two foods to pop up really strong. Mm -hmm. Two, I'm looking for several foods to come up maybe mild to moderate. Or three, I'm looking for a mixture of the two. And this is to guide an elimination diet in conjunction with gut restoration. So if I get a lab back and there are 20 things lit up, I don't say, oh, okay, uh, Jade has 20 food sensitivities and you just have to avoid these like forever. No, (laughs) what this is saying is, again, it's that problem with that interface 
of the immune system and the foods that you are eating, again, which is that lining of the small intestine. So to me, this is a indirect slash theoretical measure of increased intestinal permeability. So where I go from there is I take out the major foods that could be an issue for them or could be an issue in general. Then I have them take digestive enzymes, which helps break down all of those highly problematic proteins and carbohydrates that are provocative to the immune system. That's part of autoimmune treatment as well. You want to get everything teeny tiny so it's not reactive for the immune system. Then we want to begin to spruce up and balance the microbiome. And very, very importantly, this step is often overlooked even by really savvy integrative providers is you have to address the lining of the small intestine. You have to address that issue. If you are not actively healing that lining and restoring the integrity, you are just feeding that inflammation cycle. Because what happens when you have those 20 things that are lit up on your test, this means that your immune system, anything it's running into, it's making an antibody against. It's making antibody. It's releasing inflammatories. More immune cells come in response to that, right? Because they're like, hey, you know, Charlie's in trouble. We got to go help and make antibodies. So you get this. And then those inflammatory compounds maintain that leakiness or that incredibility. So it's this is like nasty feed forward cycle that you have to interrupt with on the level of the food, on the level of the ability to digest the food, on the level of the microbiome, on the level of the lining, and then also balancing out that second brain, you know, doing relaxation. Got to relax. I love That's this. So good. This is so important <laughs> because you're really bringing to light something that I've seen many times, which is people living and dying by an Alcat test or something these yeah, different, you can't. you can't do that. There's so many different variables no. and you have to have a skilled practitioner to be able to really decipher this stuff and to really find out what works for you specifically. Mm-hmm. And even if the thing is even an issue in the first place, you know, because there's so many different variables there. And this is why, right. again, I love your work and also um, giving people this information to be able to think bigger than that. Because also a lot of times we've taken these tests because we're trying to figure out a solution, we're just trying to find. you know, and mm-hmm. so. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, just take a couple of minutes and maybe talk about some friendly foods for the digestion. You know, some things that across the board, maybe we all might want to consider eating more of, maybe that supports the healing of the stomach or the bacteria in our belly. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about a few of those? All right. So I'd like to talk about the microbiome because I've been doing so much research into these beneficial bacteria. And the best way to make a healthy microbiome is we want to think about how can we get this population of gut bacteria diverse, right? So like any ecological or social system, diversity is like that buffer, that shield against ruin. And the best way to create a diverse microbiome is to eat a wide variety of vegetables. So that's like easy. Now we can take it a step further. Some people that need their microbiome spruced up can't tolerate a wide variety of vegetables because some of the fibers or carbohydrates in them are irritating to them. So something, I don't know if you guys have heard of like low FODMAPs, like going low FODMAPs. FODMAPs is just an acronym for fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. So eating foods that are lower on that FODMAP scale, but a wide variety of them, that helps bolster up your good beneficial bacteria. Also, fermented foods do the same thing. Things like sauerkraut and kombucha and kimchi and real pickles and apple cider vinegar, those also 
help bolster up the microbiome. Now, thinking outside of that microbiome box, the cells that line the gastrointestinal system, their favorite amino acid is glutamine. So eating glutamine-rich foods, things like cabbage, can also be high beneficial. The gut also loves protein, and I tend to like and emphasize clean animal proteins. So those are just some examples of gut-friendly foods. Love it. Wonderful. And this, this is basic stuff. We I had some sauerkraut today. This. Yes. yes. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So those are some of the more friendly foods. And of course, there's a lot more information and different foods and even meal plans kind of strategies in your book. Um, but yes. let's talk really quickly about some of the potentially negative foods that we might think are healthy. Can we touch on that mm. really quickly? Sure. Probably the number one there is yogurt. <laughs> People oh. think, oh, you know, it's got beneficial bacteria in it and it's so good for me and it's got calcium and it's got protein and it's got this. And all of those things are true. But if you have a sensitivity to dairy products, then that can be horrible. That can be disastrous. Yeah. Likewise, for things like Uh, whole wheat cereal and whole wheat bread and whole wheat bran muffins. Um, Gluten, which is that, again, that protein that's found in wheat and wheat products and dairy are probably the top two most common foods that I see people having a sensitivity to. The other one that I always rag on all the time, I feel so bad, is soy. You know, and I think people are now getting hip, and especially your audience, Sean, you guys are like on the cutting edge of stuff. Like soy is not the panacea that we were sort of sold it to be. So soy is a real problem, not just for the gastrointestinal tract, but also for the thyroid and also um, in terms of estrogen. Wow. Yeah, we've definitely talked about soy quite a few times on the show, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So no soy. Doesn't it? No soy. Isn't that a Spanish thing? Yeah. Okay. I don't I didn't take Spanish, guys. I took French. I don't know why. Maybe there's a lot of girls in the class or something. Yeah. Je m'appelle Sean. Anyways, well, this has been so awesome, Jillian. We could talk for hours about this stuff, and you're phenomenal. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your expertise and your mastery about Mm -hmm. this stuff and your communication. And I appreciate you putting so much time and energy into helping people. And it's just really been great having you on today. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. I love what you guys are doing. Getting the word out there for good health. Absolutely. We're a team. Mm -hmm. So can you let everybody know where they can get connected to you? Sure. So I'm basically on many social media platforms. On Facebook, uh, you can find me at Fix Your Digestion. And then on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Jillian Tita. Awesome. And we'll link that stuff up and also the link directly to your book. And I highly recommend people picking up a copy. I think it's really, um, it's paramount. It's like, it's one of the most important books in my collection because it makes everything so simple yet you start to understand the complexity of this really amazing system of turning other into self and all the different things that can go potentially wrong and you know how to address those things and so everybody thank you so much for tuning in today I hope that you got a lot of value out of this I know that I did and you know this is really a call to action to pay more attention to that second brain you know really pay attention to The other random symptoms you might have, maybe it's a muscular issue. Maybe it's an issue with uh, your hormones. Maybe it's an issue with a particular gland, you know, your thyroid. Or maybe it's an issue with your vision. 
it might actually take root in your gut, you know, and doing the gut friendly things that uh, Dr. Tita shared with us today can really be advantageous and helpful in a lot of ways. So thanks so much for tuning in. Have an amazing day and I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Take care. 